You're listening to DraftKings Network. Coming up on today's show, we debate the controversy around sideline reports and we assess how fair the criticism is. Patty Mahomes wears the same underwear every game and we end up in a rabbit hole about nasty NFL habits. Eventually, we talk some football and share our favorite Thanksgiving dishes. All of this and so much more on the ultra-hygienic, locker-room-friendly Mexico Thanksgiving episode of The Tomahawk Show. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Me play football? Now, most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. you got two more quarters, and after that, most of you will never play this game again. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Football's fun. Fun, sir. Fun, sir. It's fun. You sure? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the world-famous Tomahawk Show, brought to you by the good people at the DraftKings Network and Meadowlark Media. It is a special Thanksgiving edition of the Tomahawk Show. I am your humblest of co-hosts, joined by the best friends gang people I would have over for Thanksgiving any day of the week uh, that there is in the world. I have my humblest of all co-hosts, Joe Thomas, Hall of Famer in the building. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing fabulous. Celebrating Thanksgiving with the family down here in Mexico mm. right now. And happy to be able to hang out with the Tama flock and my uh, people with the Tomahawk show a little bit before Thanksgiving. So we got the whole family together. You you look rich. Uh, also joining us is... <laughs> Thank you. ATL Shawty Juju Gotti in the building, and of course, Fat Nat Juju. How you doing this week, man? Pretty regular, my brother. All right, not cool. too awesome, not too bad. <laughs> All right, I love the transparency. Nat, how are things over on the West Coast? Good, everything's good. Unfortunately, not going to Mexico, but going yeah. up to the Bay, uh, literally right after this. So, yeah. all that's right, well, that's that's not as rich, but still pretty rich. It's expensive in the Bay. <laughs> Joe, why the hell are you in Mexico? Did you just guys is this is just to get people behind the the curtains a little bit? So, Joe, like we said, he's a Hall of Famer. If I didn't say that, he's one of the best left mm -hmm. tackles to ever play the game, and with that comes a lot of money that you make in that. There's no secret. You can Google it. It's a whole bunch. <laughs> And that allows you to do things like go to Mexico for Thanksgiving. Uh, so, Joe, how did this decision come about? Like, what goes into Thomas family discussions mm. to end up in Mexico for yeah. a major holiday? Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, I'm sure everybody's really thrilled to find out what went behind my decision to go Absolutely. to Mexico. Um, so I'm going to Germany in January. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be living there from January through September, coaching the Munich Ravens football team. So we miss spring break. And like a lot of people probably do that, you know, are married, you try to split your time between each people's family uh -huh. uh, during the holidays. And so for us in spring break, we kind of alternate going between my family and Annie's family. And this year was supposed to be my family's spring break, but since we're going to be out of the country and we won't be seeing them, we said, hey, why don't we go and uh, take a Thanksgiving trip since it's starting to get cold and miserable in Wisconsin. Mm. And Mexico is always a great place to enjoy some amazing weather and uh, some cheap tacos. So yeah. we're all on board. Everyone's having a lot of fun. We came down here right in the middle of the game uh, on Sunday. Uh, yeah, that, that That's pretty awesome. Yeah, you look Mexican. Um, Thank you. Yeah, uh, I could tell. I could see it in your, Absolutely. I could see it in your lineage. Like you're on, uh, on the lamb right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm running from, really, the real story is uh, we're running from the government. And, uh, <laughs> they're say, looking yeah. for me. So. Tell the real truth. You're down there uh, you cashing me? out some bank accounts. <laughs> what is uh, What part of Mexico are you in? We're down in Puerto Verde. My uh, wife's family, they've had a timeshare down here forever. So we've been mm -hmm. down here a ton. We know the area and we love it. How many times have you been to Mexico? 
I would say probably 10. I actually okay. started coming here with my wife, Annie, and her family when we were dating in college. Because, mm. like I said, her, her rich for a long time. Yeah. Place here for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And I've been married 15 years. So hey. it's been a while. Yeah. No, that's that's not too bad. I, I, I've been to Mexico a couple times. Favorite vacation spot that I've been to this is more in the, the Caribbean, St. Lucia. Mm. I went there for Carnival. Are you guys familiar with Carnival? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but you, never been. You talk about a party. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a proponent of drinking, but I was hammered for quite a few days. Me and my wife went for our anniversary. The most oh. fun I've ever had in my life. Like, I have never gone back because I'm like, I don't, nothing's going to top that five days. But by far, my, my best vacation. Juju, what is your best vacation that you've ever taken? I ain't never been on vacation. Oh, for damn, never, Juju, I should have known that was uh, coming, man. Doing other, my jobs never required <laughs> off time <laughs> until I got this job. What? And so I'd never been on vacation. Germany was the, the best thing I've ever went to. Mm. You feel me? Oh, man. So there was no poor, <laughs> there was no paid time off for hustling, huh? Damn. Nah, bro. Not, especially not uh, D-list hustlers like myself. <laughs> you was a bad one, too. Yeah, no, you. no sick leave? You didn't have any, like, sick days? You could just pretend to call in and still get paid? Being an nah, entry level like hustler is crazy. <laughs> I'm working on that one. We probably we, we got lines outside the trap house right now. We, we demand more rights. <laughs> I tell you, we should take a, a tomahawk vacation to Germany. Come visit me in uh, Bavaria. It'd be amazing. I'd, I'd love to show you guys around. That would be yeah. super dope. Sold. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm I'm all in there. But I can't stop laughing about uh, Juju. You know, being uh, uh, working in the mailroom at the trap house. <laughs> Being an <laughs> entry level intern, hustling is is a is a crazy. Well, you got to start somewhere with every job. Hey, right? You got to work your way up. Nat, what's your best vacation of all time? Wow, best vacation! I do love Mexico. I love Cancun, but I'm biased, and I have been to Armenia like seven times, and I just it's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite. You're Armenian. We'll get into that because it is Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> and I want to hear about all the Armenian traditions. Um, all right, for everybody who is just tuning in, you can find us. On all of our social media handles at Tomahawk Show, make sure you hit up Lebitard Show on YouTube for the video version of the pod. We are also on the DraftKings Network on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Find us anywhere you find your podcast. Subscribe, like, rate five stars, all of that housekeeping jazz. Uh, let's get into some 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 Tama headlines to start the show off. Number one, I'm going to call an audible here just because I'm looking at Joe and he looks like he is sideline reporting from Mexico. <laughs> so, <laughs> that oh, Joe Thomas reporting here from the sidelines of uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. I got the ocean behind me. It's uh, questionable to come back in the afternoon uh, because Joe drank a lot of margaritas this morning. Yes. And uh, there might not be any water left or any salt either. So, on that point, it was a big deal. Clarissa Thompson, who is a mainstay in sports media, she hosts on Fox, she hosts Thursday Night Football. Uh, I've done her show. She is a an, an amazing talent. She went on part of my take and she made the admission that she would just make up sideline reports. And when she couldn't get to a coach, she would just be like, you know, to hell with it. I'm, I'm sure I could just say they need to run the football more and no one's going to bat an eye. They're not going to call her out on it. No one was really going to care. And so she's made that admission before on a podcast with Aaron Andrews, but it caught fire this week. And every <laughs> sideline reporter that I had ever heard of and seen, and even most of the ones that I've never heard of, they <laughs> were pissed, Joe. So <laughs> I have a take on this. I don't know if it's the right take, but I I, I want to go to, you know, the 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 smarter 
one of the of the duo and say, Joe, what do you what is your take on on Carissa Thompson? Do you think this is a big deal? Well, only because I look like a sideline reporter right now, being that I'm holding my <laughs> mic and I have nowhere else to put it. Uh, I think it's probably a big deal, to be totally honest, because basically probably. by admitting that you make up the stuff on the sidelines, it proves that the stuff that's reported from the sideline is worthless, that anybody can just make it up and you're not really adding any depth to the to the broadcast. And so I think that's why everyone else was pissed is because they're like, hey, you're ruining our ruse. Like. We know that we're not saying anything and the coaches aren't giving us any information. And outside of like <laughs> the rare instance where there's some type of injury where a sideline reporter knows somebody that's in the training staff or the coaching staff that they can get like a little tidbit about, yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers hurt his Achilles. He's out forever. Or, you know, hey, it wasn't as bad as you guys thought. He should probably come back in the second half. Outside of that, like they're not telling you anything from the sideline other than what you're already lis listening to from the broadcast booth and seeing with your own eyes. So she's kind of like in a roundabout way, eliminating the jobs for uh, herself and for all of her brethren. Yeah. And, they, and that's why I think reporters were so upset um, with it. Juju, did you have a what, what was your opinion on everything that transpired? Bruh, I think it's bad. Be but honest. I think it's only bad because she telling on herself, like when keeping it real goes wrong, bro. You got <laughs> yes. away with it. You did it. You the host now on Thursday night football. Why are you doing this to yourself, ma'am? Because I think it's more of a uh a revealing, <clears throat> excuse me, on the coaches who are who make themselves not available because they pay money to make these coaches available at these times. And if y'all giving her your ass to kiss, well, shoot, uh, they was trash in the first half, back to you, Bob. So I don't necessarily <laughs> hold her to the fire. I just think it's a questionable mood to snitch on yourself, man. Sitting, and the blonde women across the world, like we don't need no more setbacks for the, the most persecuted people in the world. Come on, yes. now, we don't, don't do that. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> Blonde women are the most persecuted people in the world. Oh, I agree. Don't quote me that. Don't clip that. <laughs> Man, we need to clip that, put that out there, and so we can so he can get the same treatment Clarissa Thompson got on social media. Uh, I'll say this. I think that I think there's a couple of, of points. I think it was bullshit that because Clarissa came out and said that, that now everyone was had this take that it was an indictment on all sideline reporters. Right. I think that's unfair. Anytime somebody does one thing and then you make the generalization that they're that now she's setting all sideline reporters or women in media back like that. That means that you're not valuing that in the first place, which, again, I think is bullshit. Now, that being said, do I care about sideline reports? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, I got to be honest on this show. When I watch a game. There's never a time where I'm like, damn, I am so happy I got that information from sideline. And I try to break that down. Well, why is that? Why is it that Clarissa feels like? Bruh, this is like Clarissa Thompson. Who <laughs> asked you this question? Why are you volunteering this information to earth at all? Brother, watch your damn draws, man. What the mm. hell is wrong with you? This ain't no endearing fact that you're revealing about yourself. This don't make people want to get closer to you at all. I want to kind of stay away a little bit more. I don't, and me personally, I absolutely do not have something that I wear all the time, no matter what I'm at. That's on my head. I do not have those rituals at all. I don't. I, don't, I can't understand what he's talking about. You don't get it. At the, he said that because now I feel really good about their second half. And again, that is not an indictment on the profession of anybody that is putting so much time in it. I know that is a hard job, and it is really. For the reasons I'm saying, it's hard to get a coach to be transparent in those moments. I'm just saying, for me, it didn't feel like as big of a deal because I myself, 
maybe I'm too close to it. And that information always felt cliche to me. The last thing I will say, and, and Joe, feel free to chime in here. Part of my take is a dangerous platform. Podcasting <laughs> is a dangerous platform. You think about all the people that are getting in trouble with pod, because these environments get real laxed. And in this world of <laughs> jobs and bosses and being a professional, when you see other people succeed by just doing whatever, sometimes it's, that's intoxicating and you fall into that trap. And that is absolutely a, a cautionary tale for everyone that gets on our show or anybody else's show. Please don't lose your goddamn job. There is no, <laughs> there is no interviewer clip that's worth that. And I, I would love the information. I'm happy that you share that. And please... If anybody else has made up reports, come to the Tomahawk Show. Tell us right here. We could use the reach on social media. Um, but I will say, Joe, <laughs> please be a little smarter out there. Yeah, I feel like Clarissa should get some points for being honest. And yep. I think anytime you're going to be honest to the public, to people you don't know about uh, or that you don't know, that's that's a good thing. Like mm -hmm. you should give her points as a human being. However, snitching on yourself is always tough. And you got to be real careful with those podcasts. I had a buddy that went on the Joe Rogan show and he mentioned like before they sat down and did the show, Joe was like, Hey, would you like some tequila? We got all these top shelf bottles of tequila. Would you like some vodka? Oh, we got a beer, whatever you want. Just let me know. We'll, we'll handle whatever needs you need. Oh, would you like a joint? We've got drugs over here. Would you like anything on earth to get you to say and open up what to whatever you feel like to make you feel comfortable so that we can get some good stuff and we can get yeah. some good conversations. And the part of my take guys, big cat PFT, they do a great job of making you feel comfortable. Hawk, you and I have been on the oh, show. Yeah. And they do an awesome job because they, they get you relaxed. They get you laughing. And anytime people are laughing, they get comfortable. They let <sighs> their guards down and they want to open up and share their experiences. So I give her credit, but it might hurt the profession in the long run because Jeez. the only thing I, I can really think about from a sideline perspective is it's nice getting that camera perspective from the sideline just to get you away from always looking down from like the bird's eye view. But other than that, like the th the words that are coming out of their mouths are just cliches that are re repeated from the coach, really. And it doesn't elevate the broadcast much as far as like the dialogue that they're having. There's a sketch here and I got to figure it out. But there's a version of like real life sideline. Like if the sideline reports were really how do you make those where people actually want to hear them? And it's like, yeah, I'm down here on the sideline. And the head coach for the New Orleans Saints said, if he caught the, the opposing head coach in a dark alley, he would fuck him up. Um, back to you, Joe. Like, that's, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear the real thing. Like, give me, give me that authenticity. Like whenever uh, Nick Saban was like, it ain't happening, so quit asking. <laughs> yeah, that was the like, best sideline report. I like that one. That was yes. a good report. I think that was Holly Rowe, whoever. Salute. There, there yeah. is, that, that has been the best sideline report of the last 10 years because he actually said what he felt. And <laughs> how do we get to that level of authenticity? That is, that is where the profession goes. So maybe this is going to be a net positive. Maybe it evolves the role of sideline reporter where they get away from the, the cliche repeating of what the coach said. And now they like start getting after him a little bit, you know, it'd be like, Hey, uh, Nick Saban. Um, I'm not sure if you heard, but uh, Brett Bielema on the other sideline just called <laughs> you a weenie and uh, what you <laughs> said your defense is soft. 
<laughs> and it's a it's an involved trivia for the home audience. Hey, hey, oh. did Nick Saban tell me to buzz off, or <laughs> they need to go for it on third and down more? Or whatever. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like we're we're going somewhere here. This is a great brainstorming Absolutely. session. We're I having. agree. We're gonna yeah. fix broadcasting. This is gonna be amazing. All right. Uh, before we jump to our 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 next next segment, there was some news that came out. What kind of news? It was disgusting news, but it was news nonetheless. Mm. Patrick Mahomes said he wears the same underwear for every game. Oh my god. Um, um, he gets he got it from his wife. I think he said they were red. A lot of detail I'm giving out here more than I, I wish I had. Um, and he said when they win, sometimes he doesn't wash them. So that made me ask the question: Do you guys have any uh, rituals or superstitions or like special items that you wear in, in certain occasions? And that I'm going to start with you. Um, honestly, no, I'm not a very superstitious person, but okay. I will say like, this is disgusting, okay. nasty, musty, <laughs> crusty, like gross. I cannot, I can't believe he does that. It's actually disgusting. Just thinking about like how much you're sweating within like the first five minutes of probably putting on your uniform. Yeah, that is disgusting, hot. but no, Ooh. I don't actually have rituals like that, to be honest. I, I mean, like when I was like playing basketball in high school, I would eat one banana and take a 30 minute nap right before every single game. Okay. So that was like a ritual, but that nothing sounds... like went like with what I wear or anything like that. That sounds like more like being lazy um, than a ritual. Football is disgusting, though. That is a very good point. But, you know, where that ranks on the disgustingness is probably very low. Joe can attest that. Juju, what is your take on Patrick Mahomes not changing his draws? Bruh, this is like Carissa Thompson. <laughs> Who asked you this question? Why are you volunteering this information to Earth at all? Brother, wash your damn drawers, man. What the hell is wrong with you? This ain't no endearing fact that you're revealing about yourself. This don't make people want to get closer to you at all. I want to kind of stay away a little bit more. I don't, and me personally, I absolutely do not have something that I wear all the time, no matter what I'm at, that's on my head. I do not have those rituals at all. I, don't, I, don't, I can't understand what he's talking about. Mahomes not changing his underwear on a week-to-week -week basis just for game day, lucky draws, uh, is like very low on the disgustingness totem pole in, in my experience. Joe, did you have anything special that you would wear every week? Uh, my underwear? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I wore the same like compression shorts, but uh -huh. I wash them because okay. they just fit the best. And on game day for most guys that I knew that we're in the NFL, like you wore the same socks, you wore the same pair of gloves, because mm -hmm. once you find something that works perfectly, then it's something that you don't have to worry about. Like, yeah. I was so particular that if any tiny little thing was wrong with my kit, uh, it felt like there was a rock in my the bottom of my shoe. Yeah. And I just couldn't think about anything else. I couldn't focus on my job. And that's why I think athletes, like to Nat's point, you get into a routine. It's not that you're superstitious, but you know the routine gets you set up so that you can just focus on the game and not all the other stuff getting ready to prepare for the game. And so that's why you stick with your routine. And uh, I still don't understand why he don't wash his damn drawers. Though. Yeah. Like <laughs> there is nothing positive about not washing them. Your key that's word was you washed your compression shorts. Like, that's right. It's fine. As long but, as you wash it. At the same time, at the same time, there are still disgusting things that happen even beyond that. Cause it is nasty. You are sweaty immediately. Like before you even go to the field, you start sweating. But let me tell you some of the disgusting things that happen in a game that just seem normal to us. Guys just great. pee on themselves. Like that is, <laughs> I don't know if people realize that, but in the uh, NFL, guys, when you have to pee, it's not like, hey, coach, I'd like to take a potty break. It's dirt. No, guys literally just pee on themselves during the course of a game. 
and continue how to often, play. How often does that Every really game, probably of the, we'll call it, uh, 70 players that play in that game, at least 25 pee on themselves mm. during Get the course of that game. Yeah. There's no way. Facts. Joe. Uh, it's got to be the same 25 then, Hawk. Because <laughs> I feel like you're either a pee on yourself guy or, or you're not. not. Like, right. There's definitely two like types of people in the NFL. No question. I am not a pee on myself guy. I am a get me a bottle, put the towels up around me so the fans can't see my junk. Let me do my business on the sideline. I'm not going to peel myself. I'm too disgusted. Everybody else does not care. Another thing that's disgusting, they pee in the hot tub. The communal hot that tub. That is disgusting. They pee in I the mean, hot can tub. Can we name some names? <laughs> can name one pee on yourself, man, from the league so I can judge him for the rest of my life? <laughs> Let me think. Do I, who can I name? <laughs> I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's my job to out anybody as a pee on yourself guy, but maybe we put a poll out. If you know NFL people or NFL friends or players, ask them if they pee on themselves during the game. Because you got to realize, if you drink a bottle of water right now, Juju, what happens? I'm going to be replenished. I'm going to be hydrated. <laughs> yes. My skin going to glow. Okay. I'm gonna and be then after about a longer life. 45 minutes, what's going? what do you got to go? You got to go to the bathroom, right? Man, I don't know. God has blessed me, luckily, with a bladder that has succumbed like it's, it hasn't been through too much, so okay. I'm still going to be cool after 45. But in the NFL, you drink, on average, probably two to three gallons in a very short amount of time. We are drinking water constantly and Gatorades and just literally pumping yourselves with fluids. Guys got to go. And if you are the kind of guy that is like, yo, I'm not going all the way to the bathroom or I'm not going to pee on a cup on the sideline because we're out. If I got to pee, the last thing you want to be doing is thinking I have to pee. In the middle of a football game. It's the worst thing you could possibly be thinking. If your mind is on the fact that you got to pee. So a lot of guys, I am telling you, right here on the Tomahawk Show, if you don't know, they piss on themselves every damn That's, Sunday. Wow, work. <laughs> white pants, white tights, be damned. They don't, brother, what's yep. the blue tent for if not for that? Put a porta potty <laughs> under the tent and flip it over. Go ahead, CD Lamb. Relieve yourself. There's so many discussions. Hawk is things. taking Juju's advice right now, and he's not outing himself when really what he's trying to say is, I was the guy that beat on myself <laughs> in every game, but now he can't do it anymore because he ain't snitching on himself today anymore. Thank you, Carissa Thompson, for the lesson that I've just learned. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some NFL news here on the Tomahawk Show. All right, welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. In the break, we got into a discussion about peeing in the hot tub, and it got a little <laughs> heated, and we're like, well, who was doing it? And I'm like, yo, there was a couple of big white linemen that were peeing, and Joe said that might be a white guy thing sometimes, that they like to live on the edge. And I don't think it's a color thing, but there are certain things that in the locker room you know that black players do versus uh, white players do. And the one of the biggest divisions, and you hear this from any player, is washcloths. Black players use wash rags, to take showers, whereas the majority of the white guys just use their hand. And I don't understand it, Joe. Maybe, you know, you seem like a white guy. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Although you said that I am trying to turn into a Mexican being down here earlier. Yes. So maybe I'm in between. Yeah, your camera went completely shit for a second, but I think it's back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, white guys use just a bar of soap. How does that work, Joe? Explain to us. So. I, I like this show and it's always been a great fun space for me because we, we dive into the cultural differences yes. between black guys and white guys. Mm -hmm. And really that's all we can talk about other than the Armenian <laughs> on here, which is, I, I don't know <laughs> how she could throw into this discussion because I know that women are not nearly as nasty as, uh, 
male yeah. athletes. <laughs> However, there is definitely a cultural divide over the washcloth issue for some reason, especially white dudes that come right out of college and linemen. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're, we are fat and disgusting and nasty. And <laughs> I see so many white guys that go into the shower with nothing but soap, which makes no sense to me. I have no idea how you can wash your body without a loofah, without a washcloth, without some type of accoutrement or tool to, to be able to get in there and to get all the dead skin and the stink off yourself. And for some reason in the black experience in America, they adopted washcloths as part of the shower everyday scene. Mm. And the white guys never did. And maybe <laughs> somebody could lean into this and explain the uh, the root of this evil. Because I try to educate all the white dudes that I see going into the showers <laughs> when I was playing that you need a washcloth to wash your ass. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. I agree, man. How do you get all the dirt? Tell me. I don't understand it. Maybe my hands are maybe they got rough hands from lifting weights and maybe there's a scrub to it that if you do it the right way, I've seen people like wash with an actual bar. And if you wonder, how do you see somebody take a shower Hawk? Well, it's because we all shower together. It's bullshit. I, it's, it's my biggest pet peeve of professional football is that we have these billion dollar stadiums and facilities. And yet when they'd say, okay, we're going to have, Every locker is going to have a PlayStation and everyone will have their own personal trainer and the meals will be plenty. And then when they get to the shower, they say, we'll put them all in the same one. No cover up. Just they'll be all right. Just put 50 shower heads a centimeter apart. We've had games. They probably, they probably don't care because you walk around peeing on yourself. They're like, give them a shower. Listen, there was a report this week about I think it was the commander's stadium that ran out of hot water and it was a big deal. There was no hot water. I can't tell you how many damn games that we've played in the league where there was no hot water. What? It happens all the time. There's been times when there's been no water, period. We get back oh to the locker room, God. and they have clipped the water. There's nothing to take a shower. Or in, the, in, a, in a visitor locker room in the NFL, there I forget what stadium. Maybe it was Oakland Stadium. Yep. But there was – Oakland, for sure. Buffalo, Buffalo was horrible. There's like 15 shower heads. So what 15 shower heads mean for – 80 people taking a shower and we have 10 minutes to do it. We literally, this sounds crazy. We had to share showers at the same time. Oh no. So no, what happens no, no. is uh, this, it sounds wild. This is like going to be a viral moment, but I'm telling you how it works. This is no bullshit. Joe can attest to this. There's one shower going. I stand on one side. Joe stands on the other. And as we're lathering away, one person gets in, they get out, the other person does, the, and you literally have to share the shower head at the same time. Joe, am I lying? No, you're absolutely telling the truth. It was disgusting. It was one of those moments where you're like, this is what pro sports looks like. It's like, this is how I wash my children. I put, when they're little, you turn the shower on, you get one rinsed, and then you get them soaked up as the other one's rinsing. But in Oakland, it's legit or in the old stadium now nobody plays there anymore i guess the baseball team's leaving now too because apparently they hate the shower <laughs> they, they situation hate sharing showers well. the problem was also because they had this tiny little shower area they had two shitters and then <laughs> half the shower area had to get taken up by the trainer's equipment because the training room was so small in there they had nowhere to put all their big boxes of like medical supplies and tape and everything so half the shower was already taken with training equipment and the other half was like five showers, which half of them weren't even hot. Right. And so it oh was a God. nightmare situation to the point where when we would play there in preseason, there'd be plenty of guys that wouldn't even shower after games because 
there was no good options and they didn't want to get pa packed in there like sardines and have to do the switch soap rinse mm. routine. And so they just didn't do it. But I think maybe the worst situation was the old Meadowland situation uh, stadium in New York, because they probably had, you know, 20 shower heads, but of the 20, there was only like four that worked and we played oh, there in the preseason okay. ones. And so I think there was only four showers for at that point, which was over a hundred people. Yep. Uh, and on top of that, some places you have to shower with your coaches because the coaching staff doesn't yeah. have a separate showers. And unfortunately some offensive line coaches out there don't take great care of themselves and can get oh, rather large no. and obese. Mm. And so to be lathering up and playing the, uh, the ring around the rosy rinse shower repeat game with your buddies under yeah. one shower head. And all of a sudden your 500 pound coach rolls mm. in next to you. is like, Hey Joe, great job with that double team you had. <laughs> oh, we really ran the ball well today. And you're like, coach, this is the last oh, thing I want to do right now is talk about the game as I'm standing next to you and rinsing and lathering with my buddy. Juju. Oh my this is sound like a HIPAA violation. This Y'all need to take this to the top, to President Joe Biden right now. Y'all brothers need to speak out at uh, just uh, some kind of way, find courage and be emboldened and just band together and get these stories out because I believe they owe y'all money for stress, uh, just just bad, PTSD. bad business. Oh, my goodness. Terrible. I'm so sorry y'all brothers had to go through that. We appreciate oh, that, Juju, because it gets ugly. It gets ugly behind those scenes. So they're complaining about no hot water. What are we talking about? You you don't even know the know the half. Other things that I found out that is not a, a white experience. White guys, do you guys FaceTime Joe? Uh, not like you black guys do. Man, uh, oh! we would we would much rather text yeah. or just call somebody on the phone. That's uh, than just constantly FaceTime. <laughs> so there's certain which, things which I didn't learn a whole lot about till college. Which we didn't really have FaceTime, but at the nah. time it was speakerphone. You guys like to talk on speaker to each other. All day on speak. I will all not day. hold the phone oh, in my ear. My shoulders won't allow it. Now, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not a FaceTime guy. So this is like my white side. And I do have a white side because I, you know, I grew up in a black community but went to a predominantly white high school. And so I like, you know, you pick up certain things. I'm not a FaceTime person. I, I think it's extremely in intrusive when someone like FaceTimes me without an appointment. That yeah, we didn't I'm set up. I'm like, right. I'm like what what why do you want to see where I am right now? What the hell do you think this way is? Too intrusive. It's, it's none of your business. It's like just walking right. in my front door. That's how I view it. Like you just opened my front door and was like, Hawk, like what's that. up, man? How you doing? <laughs> so I get really upset. But you're right. All of my black friends and family, they FaceTime. They like, wow. they don't call. They don't text. They want to face. They FaceTime. And I didn't realize until recently that that was a cultural difference of like, yo, I need you to see me, and I want to see exactly what you're doing. I remember the first player that uh, started FaceTiming me, Shane. Shane went to Indiana. Shane went, I believe. Yeah, Shane went. He's from Cleveland. That's my boy. Uh, best he friends. What's his name? <laughs> Shane what? Uh, oh, yeah, I love that guy. He's my best buddy. <laughs> hey, we'll go way back. We'll cut that part out there. I play football, okay? I'm going to blame that on the concussions. Right. So Thank Shane Wynn, we signed him as an undrafted, and I'm like, you know, I'm – just met him. Hey, man, I'm going to, you know, help all the young guys out. He started FaceTiming me, like, when he would call it. I'm like, I tried to, I played it cool, but I remember thinking, like, why the hell is this dude continuing to FaceTime me? But I was old, and I didn't know that that was a young person thing, that that's how they communicated through FaceTime. But that is absolutely a cultural div division thing. Bro, I don't know, bro. I, I got a lot of friends of the black persuasion, and 
nobody don't FaceTime me. Maybe I'm out of the age loop or what, but you FaceTime me, you are instantly on my shit list. Like, I damn near might not answer your phone call no more. Like, how dare you FaceTime me? That's, that's so rude. Like, I'm a texter. Like, I don't even, no, 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 I'm not a texter, I'm a caller. I would rather call you and get this six to seven seconds of 20 minute text messaging in my tone. You can hear how I'm saying it. You're not gonna take it offensive if you think I meant it this way. Nah, but I'm gonna call you and tell you what I got to say. And I'm never FaceTiming you ever. There's nobody on earth I wanna FaceTime. Nobody. <laughs> nobody on earth. Wow. FaceTime uh, is crazy. That's, that's going a long way. That's taking how about this talk. Here's an interesting maybe story. <laughs> I, I was in the locker room with one of our quarterbacks once, um, and I had a few black quarterbacks. And just to prove the point, we were in the shower because it was uh, after practice, after <laughs> meetings, uh, and it was just the two of us. Uh, but it got really uncomfortable, and it wasn't because of anything he did to me, but he was FaceTiming with his wife as we were going into the shower. All both of us. And like Hippa. you said, Doc, it's it's prison shower systems here. There's not like separate showers. And he continued FaceTiming while they were showering. And it wasn't oh, like a sexual God. thing or anything. They were talking and he used the soap tray to put the phone down. So it was like oh, facing shit. up as he continued to, to face them. But I thought, man, I feel like that is over the line. Like yeah, if you can as... do that at home and you want to like FaceTime, but I mean, I'm in here and I don't think your wife wants to see a big fat offensive lineman <laughs> naked, even though I am one of the white guys that uses a washcloth and does wash himself <laughs> properly. This is still not for her eyes to see. And she does not want to get uh, suffered that type of torture. You know what? We're, we're definitely throwing that into whatever class action lawsuit Juju is going to get us a part of. Who was it, Joe? Name exactly. him. We, uh, we got to name names. some names uh, name after him. dark. No, no, no. Name him. I, I bet I know who it is. If I guess, will you tell me who it was? I will not say anything else. I'm going to turn my screen off because you'll guess it in one guess. Sure. I know the coach you, the coach you said. I feel like I have an idea of the coach you were talking about yeah. because he came. He became really popular online at one point. I'm not saying anymore. I don't name names. Yeah, I'm not snitching on myself nor anybody else. Dude. Tom Flock, if we get this on the RSS feed and you hear this, we need you to tweet us. Who do you think the coach was that that Joe was showering with? And also, who do you think the player Joe FaceTimed hit their wife with together? Um, that is not how the story was told, just for, for clarity. But if you want to clip that and make it seem like it was, I'm okay with it for the engagement. We've talked about that today. But I can almost guarantee I can guess who this player is. And I almost feel like they won't care if we name them. I'm going to double check. I'm going to reach out to them. And uh, I'm going to see... If he is okay with us blaming him with what we just talked about. And then on that same note, Joe. You just guessed it, by the way. You just described <laughs> the person perfectly without saying their name. All right, we're going to take a break. We're actually going to get into NFL news when we come back. But we are having a ton of fun here on the Tomahawk Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Network and Metal Arc Media. All right, welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. We've been talking a, a lot of locker room and just general player culture stuff here on today's episode. And I, I did spark a memory of mine that I have in my phone. Um, there was one time Josh Gordon was locked out of his Facebook account and he couldn't get into it. And I had to take a picture with him holding a sign saying that he was Josh Gordon to my connect over at Meta. Shout out to... Um, <laughs> My guy over at over at Meta with the connect. So in the locker, I take this picture with Josh Gordon that he signs and he's in front of, like so he can get his account back. And Joe is in like the distant background with his ass out. 
<laughs> I sent it to Meta, not realizing it. And, you know, I'm going to try to see if that picture is still on my phone because we're going to put it on our social media accounts. HIPAA uh, violation. <laughs> I, I'll sign off on that. You can see my fat ass. Okay. Uh, it's not anything that's being right. protected for potential gain in the future. So. It will blur it out. We'll blur it out on social media, but it sure. will go viral. And again, we're getting all the engagement. Tomahawk Show is going to blow up this week if we actually follow through with any of this. All right, we're going to get into especially, it. Especially if you word it, I sent a picture of Josh Gordon to my connect. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I was like, wow. Absolutely. That was that was Juju's in the mailroom. He got that. He's the one who got that message. All right. We're going to do a, 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 a quick version of Am I Trippin'? Nat will read us a statement, and we will tell her if she is indeed tripping. And also, I want everyone to know, all of these are written directly by Fat Nat herself. So <laughs> if anything ever comes back on us, A, we can blame Natalie Least. All right. Nat, give us the first one. Okay, so the Browns beat the Steelers 13 to 10 in an ugly defensive AFC North showdown. Their defense, led by Miles Garrett, can play with anybody. Without the dish, the injured Deshaun Watson, am I tripping or are the Browns going to the Super Bowl? No, I'm just kidding. But are the Browns going to be legit contenders in the AFC? Yeah, I like it. Joe, I believe this is for you, my brother. Yeah, uh, you're not tripping. By the way, that was not ugly. That was a beautiful game. The Browns have the number one defense in the NFL, and being in a defensive slugfest is exactly the type of game we want right now since Deshaun Watson's out for the season. That's what we needed. We gave uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson the opportunity to be the hero, take his team down the field at the end of the game, kick the game-winning field goal, and we're probably going to sign Joe Flacco like uh, yesterday. So <laughs> he'll be the quarterback for the Browns probably the rest of the week because my sources with the Browns have told me he worked out for him last mm. week, and he looked really, 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 there was three reallys in my text, good. Uh, so <laughs> loved DTR. He did awesome. I think he made an enormous improvement from where we saw him earlier in the year, but they're going to bring in Joe Flacco and win the Super Bowl for Joe Flacco, who will be a Hall of Fame quarterback after he wins two Super Bowls <laughs> with two different franchises. Tell me how he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, Hawk. Go. He, he definitely gets into the Hall of Fame. If he takes the Browns to the Super Bowl and they win, my man is a shoe-in, and I will be the one leading that trade. I also love how Joe references sources in a, in a, in a, in a sideline report that was completely made up. <laughs> it, it, I actually have fits, the text for this one. It fits perfectly on 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 theme for today's episode. I do think that with Joe Flacco, the Browns are back being a legit contender. DTR stepped in, he did well, but he didn't throw a single pass past five yards, it felt like the no. entire game. Like it was literally flat routes. And anytime they tried to force him, he wouldn't do it until the very last second when they had to. And they came away with the W. Miles Garrett should be in contention for NFL MVP. And I mean that. Honestly, because he is that dominant. Fat, what's next? All right, next. The Commanders, the Chargers, and the Panthers all took another loss this weekend. Am I tripping, or should Ron Rivera, Brandon Staley, or Frank Reich start refreshing their resumes in yeah. case they get fired? Yeah, they should all update their LinkedIn pages. It's time. I, and and I don't know if any of those I, I feel bad about. It would be Frank Reich because he has a rookie quarterback, and I just think they don't have nearly enough pieces around him to see what he actually is. But then with the success of C.J. Stroud, it's like, well, you could have. It, it seems like you'd be in a better spot if you went that way. There's still time, yeah, though. But he wasn't the one that drafted Bryce Young. He shouldn't get blamed for it. Like, yeah. by all accounts, he was the one that wanted C.J. Stroud. And they were a terrible team. That's why they're drafting at the top of the draft anyway. I know they traded into that spot, but they were just a few spots behind. So for him to get fired, I would think it'd be a travesty. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. 
I think you have to give them an opportunity. And the fact that they drafted Bryce Young is more on the owner and the GM than it is on the head coach. So you can't fire him because C.J. Young was a better quarterback because that was his uh, guy he liked in the first place. Yeah, but those but, other guys are toast. But they, but they, but if they think that Bryce Young is good still, and they're That's just like, point. oh, you're you're not getting them out of you're not getting out of him what they're getting out of C.J. Stroud because it's the coaching. And you yeah. know how I mean, well, young talk owner about doubly screwed. Yeah. <laughs> not only do they not draft the guy that. He wants. Then when the guy that they want comes in in very first year, they fire him for not getting the most out of the guy that they wanted, (laughs) who maybe is not as good as the guy that he wanted, which we're seeming to see that this season. And Joe is perfectly describing why NFL coaches contracts are guaranteed, because (laughs) this is why they they lobby for the buyout, Juju. Yeah. Look, Frank Wright, I got compassion in my heart for that brother. Like, get well soon. I hope the Carolina Panthers <laughs> give you an opportunity to redeem yourself in the future. But Ron Rivera, Brandon Staley, <laughs> do not let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you because it is time. There is nothing happening in those two organizations other than failures right now. You should not lose that game to the Giants yesterday, and you should not lose to Jordan Love and them boys. Back to you, Hawk. <laughs> All right. What we got next, Nat? Last one. Okay, so a pregame report from Jay Glazer said that Aaron Rodgers sent the Jets a video of himself working out and it blew their minds. Glazer also said that Rodgers wants to start practicing with the Jets as early as December 2nd, and if they stay in playoff contention, actually play by mid-December. Mm. Am I tripping, or does Aaron Rodgers want to see Hawk running around in a thong on South Beach? Mm. <laughs> yeah, Juju remembers this promise that if uh, I said it, if Aaron Rodgers came back this year, I would run around in a thong <laughs> on South Beach. And that was at, like right after the Achilles injury. So now I am absolutely going to reverse course. And say that I don't think he ever tore his Achilles. Now, if he comes back, I need to see actual medical reports. I need to see actual MRI scans to prove that he actually had the injury that he was touting. And this is not some elaborate hoax just to say I'm throwing it in the face of science and Hawk, Joe. So now Hawk is asking for further proof, which is definitely not going to happen. So he knows that he's not going to have to run around on a thong on South Beach because there's no way Hawk is going to get that MRI. And it does seem like Hippo. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. However, this report is filed under the made-up reports with Carissa Thompson <laughs> because the beginning part is like anything that anybody could say. Oh, yeah, he texted a video of himself to the ownership group and they were very impressed. They were blown away. He said nothing. But the Three concreteness bears. of that report, though, at the end where he's going to practice potentially by December 2nd, when you start giving that level of detail, you start wondering, okay, maybe there is something there. Yeah, it's because there's now there's deadlines. I will say if I can afford to go to the private island that Joe is on right now, I would run around there in a thong because there's nobody there because Joe has rented no. out that entire island by himself because he is that rich. I Why did do you see... end up in a thong in all these scenarios? <laughs> yeah, I don't want like really to do it. Get in a thong. Juju. You know, like that friend of ours that always like dares or like bets. Like, <laughs> if if this doesn't happen, I'll run around the house naked, or I'll like jump in the lake naked. Like the guy that really wants to be naked, and so he's trying to find any reason to get naked, but then have that plausible excuse like, "Well, I lost hey, the it was bet, the so bet. I had to do it. I, like, oh, I gotta okay. do what I'm told. Right. Nat, I had to Nat, drink we... a case of beer. I lost the bet. Fat Nat, can we get a matching background to Joe, please? I'm, I'm his background looks fake and I, I, I just want to prove to the people at home 
that. See, anybody could hey. do that. They're not special, Joe. There's nothing. Aloha. I would run this around on that beach. There you nice. go. Now, Fat Nat is in Puerto Vallarta. When we come back on a quick break, we're going to talk Thanksgiving, and there's a, a very good likelihood that Juju will also be in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. All right, Ooh. we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. And just like that, Juju is now in Puerto Vallarta. Um, everybody is taking vacations for Thanksgiving week to celebrate with family or at least the very rich versions of their family that can afford to go to Mexico during the three-day break <laughs> they get from work. But that's a whole other topic. What we want to do now is we want to do one of our world-famous Tomahawk drafts. And what we're going to be drafting is Thanksgiving food. And the, mm. the reason why I love the, the Thanksgiving food draft, which seems like um, a tradition like no other here at the Tomahawk Show is because you get a glimpse into everybody else's cultures and what they think is important. If, 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 if a fire alarm goes off in the background, don't worry about that. We're going to continue to, <laughs> to keep going. Um, so we're going to do a, a Tomahawk draft. Four, three rounds. Everybody gets to pick. We'll let Nat go first. Second pick will be... Juju, third pick, Joe. I'll go last in the draft because I always win them, um, and we'll go from there. So you don't always win these drafts. That well, movie draft Halloween, I beg to differ. Oh man, we never put it on social media. Well, we're gonna put the <laughs> results. <laughs> it died in that room. We're Nobody put, ever heard it. We're gonna put the results on social media, and that's gonna go viral. It's like our fifteenth viral moment of this show. Today. So as you would imagine, this show is going to be huge for the for the lift of the Tomahawk show. All right, with the first overall draft pick of the 2023 Thanksgiving Tomahawk draft, Nat, you are drafting foods. What is your number one Thanksgiving food pick? Okay, I don't know if this is a hot take, but mashed potatoes. And I don't know if it's just because mm. my, my, my dad makes really, really, really good mashed potatoes. And, like, that's the thing I go for, like, seconds and thirds every year. So that's my number one pick. Ooh. Man, we got laughs. We got Snickers from from. I know. I feel like that was a <laughs> terrible take. Uh, I feel like you're judging me. Juju, I love you. That that was a terrible pick. <laughs> <laughs> you just oh, haven't had good mashed potatoes. Then I'm telling you, a good mashed potato is elite. I'm with you, Nat. I I think in the mashed potatoes definitely in my top three. Yeah, it would. Oh, without it, it doesn't. Goodness mean that it's thanksgiving and it gets elevated with the butteriness you add some sour cream some yeah. garlic in some there gravy. it's incredible yeah gravy like a gravy bowl on top it's amazing yeah. exactly. she didn't say gravy bowl she said her dad and mashed potatoes so that you get your dad and mashed potatoes and, and dry ass mashed potatoes sit them right there no gravy <laughs> they're amazing they're elevated they're no chefy. now you're judging michelin quality mashed potatoes <laughs> now you're disrespecting her dad's mashed potatoes listen I'm, I'm, so, dad, I'm right so sorry now. dad That's i'm not saying it was Come find you, Juju. I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but mashed potatoes are Will Levis. It would have been there in the second round, Nat. All right. With the second overall pick of the Tomahawk draft, we got about three minutes here, Juju. What is your first pick? Dun, 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 dun. Always got to get This is how it's done, Nat. Chicken. <laughs> oh, fry? Okay. What kind of chicken? Get specific. I know specific, but you say chicken. Chicken. Oh, Use your imagination. Give that's... me the chicken. <laughs> Baked chicken. I'd say that baked chicken. That's like drafting a whole position. Healthy. Like I pick wide receiver. That's not you gotta <laughs> you gotta give me some with the first <laughs> overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. <laughs> the Chicago Bears baked have chicken. a quarterback. 
Look, that's a, the Panther should have selected quarterbacks. See, this is, this is so specific. This is why it's tough to be a GM. Because we'll take whoever does better after the first year. It, it's tough to be a GM because Juju doesn't want to say fried chicken because he knows not everybody eats that. So he's trying to keep it blanketed where it hits every demographic in the version of chicken they want. And he thinks it's going to get them votes. But, okay, I'm going to put you down as baked chicken whether you like it or not. Joe, your first pick, <laughs> we got two and a half minutes left of the Tomahawk Thanksgiving draft. Truthfully, the thing that I look forward to the most for our Thanksgiving is the Pillsbury Crescent Rolls that my wife always makes. And mm. it's probably a little bit because I don't eat a lot of bread. I, I'm not like a big carb guy usually, but for the holidays, I always make the exceptions. And I love those because I can dip it in Nat's dad's mashed potatoes and gravy. Mm. I can take that bite. I can slather it with like that creamy Irish butter all over the place. And every single bite of my green bean casserole, my squash, my mashed potatoes, no, 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 potatoes, no, 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 no. You can, my turkey. I feel like you're it trying to indirectly to draft with a crescent roll with butter, and that's why it is my MVP. All right, so I feel like you just drafted six players there. No, I'm only drafting one, but I'm telling you why right. it is the best. It's, I don't give a damn. No wiggle room to tell me anything else is good. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. We got about a minute and twenty seconds. My first overall pick. Is lasagna? I eat it every Thanksgiving. It is a wow. black. It's a black. Oh my staple. god! <laughs> that came out of left field. Worse than baked chicken. chicken. Carl, Whoa, wait. Carl, <laughs> producer <laughs> Carl. <laughs> I'm telling you, in a black household, there is going to be lasagna on Thanksgiving Day, and it is going to slap. Okay. So more cultural differences here on the Tomahawk Show. All right, we're moving quickly. Nat, second pick. Okay, I'm taking pumpkin pie. I love mm, pumpkin and pie. That's a classic. That's classic Thanksgiving. Oh man, that is classic white people Thanksgiving. <laughs> More cultural differences. This is why I love it, Nat. All right, Juju, your second pick. We got about 40 seconds. Turkey. Turkey. I'm surprised. Turkey. They fell well, down. I'm taking all the big boys out the board. I want to eat. Come to my house. I got everything. He got all He's the meats. He's on the carnivore diet. They're having yes. chicken and turkey. That's it. That's I'm it. going green bean casserole with a little crispies on top. It's mm. a great great uh, thanksgiving treat because you don't really eat that normally because it's not that great but uh, it's kind of like turkey in, in that regards i'm with you i'm gonna go sweet potato pie Ooh, mm, that's good that that is nice. the black version of pumpkin pie that is the equivalent of the patriots drafting a wide receiver in that and the miami <laughs> dolphins drafting a wide receiver in in my pick in the second round all right last round we got about 20 seconds nat what do you got i'm going mac and cheese oh what a pick. Oh, i can't believe i left that on the board <laughs> dang it I have the best. I have the best team so you far. You do have a solid team. All right, Juju, what's your pick? Third round, last one. I was one. gonna take it, but uh, just give me the uh, the collard greens, man. Go ahead. Oh, another good one. Yeah, we don't have collard greens. No, I know that's a big surprise for you guys. I'm gonna go with the squash with honey oh my and butter on top. It's amazing. I don't, it's a nice fall treat. I don't think I've ever you had know? squash in my I life. I don't think I've ever had squash on. It's like, it's like potatoes, but sweeter. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> All right, I am gonna go with stuffing. Or dressing, depending oh, on what good. cultural background you have with gravy. Um, yeah. All right, yeah. so we'll put it on. We'll see who wins this. That does it for this Thanksgiving special edition episode of the Tomahawk Show. We thank you to the Tomahawk for listening. As always, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Shout out to the DraftKings Network and Metal Lark Media. Hit us up on socials at Tomahawk Show and get our podcast. Subscribe and rate five stars wherever you listen. Until next time, Joe, take us out. Thanksgiving and Mexico, Joe yourself. You know what accent that was? <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.